Hey, good morning. Welcome. Happy Sunday and happy snowy Sunday, depending upon where you are. I'm so excited to be here on this Sunday. Yours truly, Dr. Carol Penn, with this exciting 10-part series of Weightless in Mind, Body, and Spirit. We are here on Season 7. It is presented by Penn Global Visions and my team of super friends as we explore the worlds of weight, weight loss, maintenance, aging in reverse, heart health, optimizing health and wellness. Are you ready? Are you ready? So today's episode of Weightless in Mind, Body and Spirit addresses living with the heart of a Buddhist. So we're really talking about human compassion and our special guest is Dr. Ian Sears. You know him. He's been here before, but we will be right back after we hear our wonderful theme music by Kenny Brazil Hamilton. Oh, where is it? Where is it? Here we go. Weightless, weightless. No matter what people say, you're full of greatness. Greatness. Time you opened up your eyes, you were courageous. If only they could see you going through your paces. It's amazing. Weightless No matter what people say You're full of greatness Time you open up your eyes You walk away Just If only they can see it Going through your paces It's amazing Weightless No matter what people say You're full of greatness Time you opened up your eyes, you were courageous. If only they could see you going through your paces, it's amazing. Again, welcome and happy Sunday. And now we have a word from our sponsor. Are you ready to take off your cape and wear your crown? Hmm, we hope so. If you are, consider joining Dr. Carroll's online course. It's a year-long course, Mindset Mastery, Weightless and Mind, Body, and Spirit. We're going to have a little more information about that at the end of the show, but stay tuned so you can fill your mind and wear your crown. Well, my dear, I'm just wondering if people were curious and they wanted to check it out right now, where might they find out some information about that? Can I share that with them? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a a link right now that's at the bottom of the screen and that will take you right to an information page to, to give you information about the program, about the course. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more at the end, but I don't want to, I don't want to stop the show because this show is so exciting and I'm ready to gain some wisdom from you and Dr. Ian this morning. So let's talk a little more about this course later. All right. Very good. Thank you so much. We'll see you later. We will see you later. All right. Great show. All right. So 
you know me, I really enjoy bringing the guests on so we can kind of see them blush a little bit as they hear about their accolades. But in the meantime, if you've joined us, go on, go ahead and say hello in the chat so I can welcome you this morning and say happy Sunday to you. And I'm going to ask the team to go ahead and start inviting people in, wake them up, let's get them going, and let's get a nice audience going this morning so that we can have that lively, wonderful engagement that we usually have and enjoy. And I think we've got a couple of people. Yes. Good morning, Dr. Kathy. Thank you so much for tuning in. That's exciting. We've got a couple of more people. Go ahead and say hello. Put your name in the chat so we can shout you out. My goodness, Wisconsin in the house. Is it snowing where you are? Good morning. Good morning and welcome Essence. Where are you from Essence? That's so exciting. We're really glad to see you here this morning. We have got such a great show planned and I know I will have my pen is right here. I'm old school. I need to, you know, you know, do it on paper and I will be taking notes. So listen, without, oh my goodness. Good morning, Patricia. Yes. Happy hearts. Happy day, Dr. Carol and Dr. Ian. Yes. And good morning, Dr. Kina. My goodness. So the community is gathering this morning. That always makes me excited. There's so much we have to learn. And we are talking about loving with the heart of a Buddha. We're going to have a journey in the head and we're going to have a journey in the heart. So before we go to have that journey in the head, I'm going to invite us all to have a little bit of a journey in the heart. So I'm going to bring um, my wonderful guest on. So we could see him participating as well. Hey, Dr. Ian, good morning. Good morning. And I'm just going to everyone, just take a moment and put your hand on your heart. You can even tap over the heart. The invitation is to listen not only with your head, but also with your heart, to have a sense of loving kindness and loving compassion for yourself right now. We're here on this weekend. Some of us will be celebrating Valentine's Day tomorrow, romantic love. Well, you know, you can have a romantic love affair with yourself. You can really fall in love with yourself as a spiritual being, having a human experience. I invite you to fall in love with all persons and this planet and to love going forward in that deep compassion simultaneously. <sighs> so every once in a while, every few minutes today, just go ahead and tap your heart and just remember that you can listen with the ears of the heart as well as the ears of the mind. All right, so let's hear about Dr. Ian, whom I love so much. A native of Trinidad and Tobago, a former U.S. Marine and FBI special agent. Well, you know, drop the right mic right there. 
I just love this. I love this. I love this. This person who I know is gentle, compassionate, loving, and kind, who represents the very spirit of the Buddha to me. A U.S. Marine and FBI special. Hello. Okay. All right. He has earned a BS in sports medicine and an MS in biomechanics from Temple University and is a certified athletic trainer. Since young adulthood, he has had several long-term apprenticeships, some under well-known masters. He is a graduate of the International School of Shiatsu of Doylestown, Pennsylvania. He graduated with honors from the Tri-State College of Acupuncture, New York, New York, where he earned an MS in acupuncture, oriental medicine, and is a member of its advisory board. He is also a graduate of the Pacific College of Oriental Medicine, where he earned a doctorate of acupuncture and Chinese medicine, integrative medicine. He is currently a faculty member at the Juan Institute of Graduate Studies in Glenside, Pennsylvania, a graduate program in acupuncture and oriental medicine. He is the founder and innovator of oriental medicine, physical medicine, a unique approach to myofascial pain and dysfunction and musculoskeletal pain. He's board certified by the National Commission for the Certification of Acupuncture and Oriental Medicine, and he has been in practice for well over 20 years. There are more accolades. I'm just going to stop right there because and if there's anything else, Dr. Ian, that you want to bring and tweak, please go ahead and add to that. But, you know, that's a lifetime right there. And you have so much to share with us this morning in terms of, well, often in functional medicine, we talk about getting at the root cause. Well, we're going to get at the root of some of these ideas and concepts being popularized here in the United States right now and maybe get us a little bit back more on track with their origin and the intention behind um, the, the original intentions. So, you know, they're being expressed now and being expressed a little bit differently. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Good morning. And we are so happy to have you here. Good morning, thank you. <laughs> um, let me just say that uh, what Dr. Carroll talked about with the heart and the mind, you know, in, in, in Chinese medicine, we say that the heart and the mind is the same. The same character for heart is the mind. So we don't, there isn't a distinction between heart and mind, it's the same. Um, recently, peer review science has uh, found out that there are over 40,000 neurites in the heart, which are brain cells in the heart, yes. okay? And the interesting thing about these brain cells in the heart is that they, they function independently of the brain in, in, in many ways. So, you know, that, I just wanted to add that as a little, as a little um, fact. Okay. All right, y'all, tap on it, tap on it. Do you hear it? already, already? The yes. neurites found in the heart, which function independently of the heart. And what's also interesting about that paper, those those neurites that are independent brain cells, they're also found in other parts of the body as well. So yes. we, we get yes. into that whole yes. gut like, like, Yeah, like the gut, for instance. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> right. 
Right. So when you when something is when you when you feel you have a gut feeling about something, there's some validity to that. Okay. But anyway, what I wanted to share with you all this morning is this whole concept of 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 um, compassion and loving kindness, as we say in Buddhism, right? And and I have a few slides I wanted to share with you, just to kind of like bring some accuracy to the to the linguistic component of this, because there's a lot of misunderstandings about what that is. Uh, you know, you hear things like meditation or even Buddhism and you know, the, 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 the language of this thing is important to bring you to a closer understanding about what this thing is. So, um, so uh, if you're looking at this first slide, you know, my, my Dharma name as a Buddhist monk is Gwandu Prajna. I, I'm not going to get into what that means right now. But <laughs> anyway, um, that's me in my robes. And the next slide is, uh, this is a slide of I think this is the equivalent of uh, St. Valentine's in Buddhism. This is a Valokitesvara, also known as Kuan Yin, who is known as the, uh, I would say, the Bodhisattva of compassion and loving kindness. Um, the Bodhisattva Avalokitesvara, known in Chinese as Kuan Yin, is the embodiment of the virtue of compassion and became the most important deity in Buddhism around the 6th century CE, um, the common era, represented in different manifestations throughout Asia. So often you will find that Kuan Yin may look differently from culture to culture. Uh, and even though the Bodhisattva Avalokitesvara um, is a male. You know, this entity is often depicted as, you know, with female qualities because of, I wouldn't say his, but this entity's level of compassion towards uh, humanity. Okay. So uh, that, um, photo I showed you of Kuan Yin or Avalokitesvara is one of my favorites. This is a very famous um, depiction of Kuan Yin, which actually is rooted in Greek mythology, by the way. A lot of people don't realize that the Greeks actually had a rich Buddhist heritage. I mean, there were millions of Greeks who embraced Buddhism. And the first depictions of the Buddha or Kuan Yin or anyone like that came from the Greeks. Just, just a, that's just a fact, okay? Um, continuing, uh, Avalokitesvara or Kuan Yin is the earthly manifestation of self-born eternal Buddha Amitabha, whose figure is represented in his headdress and he, as he guards the world in the interval between the departure of historical Buddha Gautama. So in many ways, what we're saying here is that is that the the historical Buddha is actually also simultaneously Avalokitesvara. It's almost like a different persona, right? So continuing on. Now let's look at, at uh, Karuna. And there's some words that expresses what this 
loving kindness and compassion is about. Karuna is generally translated as compassion or mercy, and sometimes self-compassion or spiritual longing. It is a significant spiritual concept in the Indic religions of Hinduism, Buddhism, Sikhism, and Jainism. So it's not unique to only one religious ideology. Um, and, and others too, actually. And I just listed those, those there, but um, the, the, it, it's, it's a very unique um, quality that's central to a lot of uh, spiritual practices. You know, Buddhism, Buddhism just happened to be one of them. So you often you will hear Buddhists talk about karuna, but that is to be distinguished from uh, metta or maitri is the Sanskrit term. Metta is the Pali Canon's description of that. And that's, uh, sorry for the, uh, uh, the typo, uh, bonding with the divine. Uh, Maitri uh, can also mean uh, benevolence, loving kindness, friendliness, amity, Godwill, active interest in others. It is the first of the four sublime states. So, you know, we, we celebrate uh, Valentine's Day on one day of the year, right? But in the practice of the Dharma, which is you might call Buddhism, it's a quality that is developed every day of every year, not just one day. So loving kindness is fundamental to the, to the practice of, of the spiritual tradition. At any rate, uh, <clears throat> um, the cultivation of benevolence is a popular form of Buddhist meditation. And it's also within the Buddhist tradition a meditation, right? So I'll get to a little bit more about that in the next couple of slides, but it, it is a part of the four immeasurables, which is a form of meditation. Metta, or as compassion meditation, is often practiced in Asia by broadcast chanting, all right, or mantra, wherein the monks chant for the laity, which is the lay practitioner. Okay, and moving on. So, mm -hmm. This is the, the loving kindness prayer or mantra. I put it in English, but it's often chanted in Sanskrit, which says, may all beings everywhere be happy. May they be healthy. May they be at peace and may they be free. That is the mantra of loving kindness. Now, I chose to put this in here as sort of like a... Um, to just bring some Western psychoanalytical thought to what this whole concept of love versus cathexis. I don't know if it, you guys have ever heard the word cathexis, but it says the investment of libido or psychic energy in objects outside of the self, such as a person, goal, idea, or activity. And versus this whole idea of love, I chose this, this, description because it's one of my favorite books and those of you who have never read it you might want to do so it's the road less traveled by m scott beck this has been a bestseller now for many many years and i really love this book and here's what he says about that about what love is he says the will 
to extend oneself for the purpose of nurturing one's own or another's spiritual growth. So often, the reason why I chose this, these two things is because cathexis isn't necessarily love. It's some kind of attachment, but it isn't love. And like in the Buddhist tradition, it's not important whether you tell somebody, look, I love you. It's more important to behave in a loving way. <laughs> that's more important. And that's what we do in within the Buddhist tradition. It's more, you know, because we have all kinds of thoughts going around in our heads, and it's not always very loving. But that's to be distinguished, that's to be distinguished from behaving in a loving way towards somebody. So you don't have to necessarily say you love someone the way we understand that, but as long as you behave in a loving way towards them, it transcends that that emotion of what we might call love. Okay, so um, so those were the few slides I wanted to share with you. The rest of this stuff has to do with meditation, so maybe that's another program. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. thank you so much for that. So I just wonder, you know, how many people who are participating with this morning have ever uh, done the the meta or the loving kindness meditation as they've heard of it if they're familiar with it i have so many thoughts going through my head and you know let's go let's go back to the the idea of of kuan yin i know in western tradition kuan yin uh the closest that we have would be the idea or the concept of mary as the mother of jesus um, Mary depicted as, you know, representing compassion in the, you know, in the Western mind from the Judeo-Christian uh, Judeo traditions. Also, this concept of the golden rule, do unto others as you would have others do unto you. So, you know, and love thy neighbor as thyself. So these concepts, I don't think, are unfamiliar to the Westerner or the Western mind. And then yet there's this, you know, beautiful nuance as they arise out of the Buddhist traditions. And, and then I love how you brought in the... Uh, tradition of the the Greeks and the history, Greek history, with that Buddhist history. So we can see that there is a geographical reference along with this historical reference and how cultures through time have built upon and intertwined from each other's wisdom traditions. So thank you. Thank you for layering that for us. So my question to you would be, oh, and I'm just, I'm thinking of my grandmother, my grandmother to me, who was a, a manifestation of the aspect of Kuan Yin in that she was not an I love you person. She didn't run around saying, I love you. But yet when you were in her presence for, I would say more than three minutes, you felt held in in a space of respect and honor and love 
and 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 just completion as a spiritual being having a human experience she was so powerful in her presence of being able to extend that sense of kindness and compassion. So when we're talking about loving with the heart of a Buddha, is that what you're talking about? Becoming that person? Absolutely. You know, that is reflected in, you know, in, in, in Buddhism and other traditions like that. And even in martial arts as well, we bow to each other, right? Right. But most people interpret that as a form of respect. It has nothing to do with respect. It has everything to do with bowing to the divine presence within that person. It has everything with bowing to your potential self. That's really what that means. And that is the, that, is that whole ref, reflection of love that look past the veil of form in front of you and bow to something greater than yourself, which is the divine presence within each and every one of us. And that's why, you know, masters like, you know, Yeshua ben Joseph, who is Jesus, right? Um, the Buddha, the historical Buddha. If you look at who these people gathered around them, these people were, you know, murderers and thieves and fishermen, and they were illiterate. And in other words, they demonstrated what we call illicit love. After all, and I'll end with this one, God is love, right? Yes. Simply put, right. So that's the example that these masters left us. So it's not about demonstrating that on any given day like Valentine's Day. It's about, it's about being in the moment with that, with compassion and kindness. And, you know, we live in a world now, mind you, where everybody's on edge, Right. There is this agitation in the atmosphere, right? So, you know, people cutting each other off on the highway. They, you know, if you look at the news every day in Philadelphia, there is all these shootings and carjackings and home invasions. And you, where is the loving kindness in all of that, right? So we really have to be that point of light and demonstrate uh, that loving kindness. And as Dr. Carroll says, you know, presence is everything. That's really what it is. And that is a meditation, by the way, you know, having the right intention as you move through your day, as you come into contact with people, as you interact with people, having the right intention to, to, to bow to that divine presence within each and every one of us is really what this is about. It, it really is. So, yeah. Mm, mm. And I, my mind is going to how right now, you know, within a person's own home, a person's own life, a person might be struggling with something. There is, uh, you know, a, the, the sense of having a broken heart or a sadness because there is an upset with a family member. Now you take that same person, they're going to come outside of the home and they're stepping into a world where there seems to be, and it's palpable, feelings of hatred one toward the other uh, and, and, and people buying into this and willing to hurt you 
because you express a different view politically. So how do we keep watering this idea of, of, of bowing to the divine in the other when the outward appearance seems to be everything but loving and feels threatening. It's that little part of our brain talking about going into, you know, our, our heads and our physiology, the amygdala is going not safe, not safe, not safe. And we see the rates of anxiety going up. We see the, uh, uh, diagnosis of depression going up. We see the rates of suicide occurring. So where, where, where's the tipping point and where's the, the personal, personalized medicine that a person can come into that space where they can bow to the divine in each person and in each situation that they encounter? Mm-hmm. That is very profound, uh, which brings me to the next thing I was going to talk about, which is meditation. You see? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks thanks for bridging that gap for me, because the activity of the heart-mind is is really important to bring you to a state of equanimity, right? That is important. You know, the term meditation, um, there's so many connotations to what, there's so many different types of meditations, including loving kindness, right? Mm-hmm. So when you look at the root Sanskrit term for what meditation, there, there's two of them actually. One is jhana, spelled D-H-Y-A-N-A, jhana, which means mindful contemplation. It doesn't mean meditation. Those are different things, okay? So when jhana made its way into, say, China, it became Chan. So you hear the Chinese talk about Chan, or they talk about Chan Buddhism. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing. That's the method the Buddha used to achieve liberation, not enlightenment. There's no such thing as enlightenment in Buddhism. That's an American thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, so when this tradition found its way to Korea, it became Sun, S-E-O-N, Sun. It made its way to Japan. It became Zen. So this overuse of the term Zen was only because uh, Roshi Suzuki, a Japanese monk who came here in the 60s, promoted this whole idea of Zen. But it's all the same thing dating back to the time of the Buddha, which is jhana. So this practice went to Vietnam and it became Tien, T-I-E-N, same thing. So it's, it's about the culture. It's about when it got to China, Buddhism was infused with Taoism and it became Chan. Mm-hmm. It went to Korea, it, it became infused with, with Korean shamanic practices and it became Sun. So wherever this practice or tradition goes, there is cultural appropriation taking place. Mm-hmm. All right? So... The other word that describes what meditation is, is smirti, like S-M-I-R-T-I, yes. smirti, meaning this moment. So here is a practice I will describe briefly for you. Imagine yourself sitting in a movie theater. You're there by yourself. There's no one else around. And the movie being played on the screen is your own thoughts or are your own thoughts. You can see your thoughts moving across the screen. 
the practice is the practice is not to attach any meaning or significance to anything you see then you know you're not your thoughts you know that your thoughts is just an artifact of the mind right and it has no bearing on the fact that you're sitting there that's an important practice okay now if as you're sitting there watching your thoughts float by and you're just observing them if something catches your attention for a second or a moment you simply ask yourself and this is a practice that us buddhist monks engage in you simply ask yourself what is this who am i this is it you ask yourself those three questions so but when you ask those questions particularly what is this you ask it with your entire being it's a point of inquiry that allows you to connect with with what's going on in your mind the other thing that happens with that is that you you become what i call the observing presence so that devil we used to talk about that sits on your left shoulder and talk to you well <laughs> yeah well you can replace that with an angel or something like that or a bodhisattva right so as you observe it's almost like as we're having this show this morning imagine there's an aspect of you that's observing this from a different vantage point and all you do is observe so sometimes it's helpful to sit in this moment and simply observe without reacting because we're all in a state of reactivity and in order to express love and compassion you have to tone down that reactivity to what is that is the that is how the practice begins so it be, actually begins with a very fundamental practice in mindful contemplation that is simply observe don't react so those are two things without me getting too deeply into this whole concept of reactivity you know and you see yeah, I'm looking at, at at Patricia and what she's saying there. You, you know, I'll tell you something about that. Everybody tries to stop themselves from thinking. They think that meditation is that you stop thinking. It's impossible. The brain is a thinking machine. It the, so the more you try to stop yourself from this discursive thinking that we all engage in. the louder it gets what you have to do is just as i just described is to be the participant observer in your own thought process not attaching anything to it we have this thing in buddhism we say what arises ceases mm. just allow that to occur but that's the good news the good news is whatever arises is going to cease So meditation is an active thing it's not something that you just sit there and you know I there's some buddhist traditions where they spend hours upon hours upon hours upon hours sitting in meditation god knows what the heck they're thinking about right they're probably thinking about the shopping list they're going to deal with when they're done that is not meditation meditation actually occurs when you get off your cushion 
and you start to engage the world around you. You know, I, I, I use this example of a friend of mine. He's, he's a fellow monk and he, you know, he, here he is uh, two, three hours of meditation. Then he, he gets up from the meditation. He gets in his car. He starts the car up. He gets into traffic. Somebody cuts him off and he cusses at the guy. That is not expressing loving kindness. Right. right. <laughs> well, what, what point is him sitting on that cushion for three hours? It's pointless. So it's a practice. And the more you practice in a very practical way, being kind to people, being courteous, you know, you know, if somebody wants to cut you off, let them cut you off because they're only going to get there two seconds ahead of you anyway. Right. So it's a practice. I can't emphasize that enough. Uh, that's really beautiful. It's, it is, um, well, what we would say in the modern day, it's a lifestyle, right? It's a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle, you know, so, and, and what, and what are the ways? And I often think that, you know, how does the modern day contemplative show up? Who are, you know, who are these people? Who, who is this, this tribe of, of people that really are the, the modern day contemplatives? And I think they are the people who are embodying and demonstrating loving kindness off of the cushion, off of the, you know, outside of the yoga class. Uh, you know, we have, we have people that come and they do all these things and they do all these postures and they do this breath work. And at a certain level, that by itself is really good for our physiology. But it is the concepts, if you will, behind the, the posture, behind the breath work, um, particularly if you're also sharing the Sanskrit vocabulary, which has a particular vibrational energy and energetic imprint all by itself, where you have the eight limbs of yoga. Uh, and it's really, it is the way you live your life, right? Yep, it's the way. And that's what the Buddha called his practice, the middle way. That's what, uh, that's what uh, Yeshua ben Joseph called when he was asked by his disciples, what is this practice? He simply said, it's the way. The way. Yeah, Jesus said the way. The way. The I way. am the way. He, it's the way. Yes. You know, and who better examples uh, than, than Yeshua, than Joseph, and, and the historical Buddha? These guys showed us the way. And the way is simply loving kindness. It all boils down to that. You know, so never mind what's in your head, transcend yourself, transcend yourself and behave in a loving way towards people. Yes. That's what people that's what people would respond to the most. You know, it's 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 a kind word. And words have words another piece of research I read recently about the power of words it can actually cause gene expression changes in your DNA. Yes. Now we're going to get into Dr. Kathy's favorite subject. <laughs> so you see, this is all sort of like, you know, when you, how your tone of voice, you know, the level of 
of, of tonality in your voice and it carries, it has an impact. So when you say mean things to people, you, you're wounding them. Yes. And, yes. And, and, you know, and, 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 you know, to get really spiritual about this now, this entire world that we live in is based on what? Sound. Vibration. You know, even though in the book of Genesis in the Bible, it talks about in the beginning was what? The word. The word. The word. The word. And the word was, and God said, there you go. So, you know, so as Dr. Carroll stated, you know, using uh, uh, yoga, meditation practices, uh, combining it with mantra and mudra, all of those things are important to raise your own energy level. Vibration. That's what it does. But as you raise your energy level, your behavior, the way you emote into the world around you has to be consistent with that. Yes, yes, yes. And, you know, and I think, you know, it gets back to people, oh, you know, how long do I need to meditate? How I said, well, as long as long as it takes for you to feel that that lift off. Exactly. And and exactly. you can feel it. You feel it when your vibration is raised. You feel it when, you know, you're fully awake. It is a physical sensation. So oftentimes when I'm working with people and I'll stop them, I'll say, where are you feeling that in your body? that story, that thought right now and bring their attention to that moment. When you said this, you felt this here, something changed, something shifted, you know, and this might be something going back, you know, Patricia's question about, you know, you know, having a traumatic event and falling and then also, you know, grieving the loss of a friend, you know, and she's gone and she's, um, you know, um, had sought a, a medical device for the physical fall. And now she's asking, how can she calm her mind and body down? Because she's been shook. She's been shook on a physical level as well as a spiritual level. She recognizes that um, in terms of, I think, uh, perhaps alluding to the grieving process with the transition of her dear friend. Uh, you know, uh, a little over 49 days ago, my Buddhist mentor and teacher passed away mm. prematurely, right? I spoke to him on a Thursday evening and every Thursday evening we had a Zoom conference because he lives in California and I'm here. And part of the training of us training monks, it's, it's the interface with him weekly. So I spoke to him and guess what we talked about? that Thursday before he transitioned, or as we say, achieved nirvana. Most mm -hmm. people think nirvana is this blissful state. It's not that. The term nirvana in Sanskrit simply means to blow out. It's like imagine a lit candle and you go, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah, to a blowing out, to blow out. That's what nirvana means. And he blew out. I don't see that as necessarily a negative thing. It was his, 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 his higher self, his divine self did the work already and was time to him 
to leave. Now, the rest of us who are left, you know, we're a little bit in chaos. You know, we're wondering what's going to happen to our order, the, the five mountain Zen order that I belong to. We're wondering who's going to step into a position of leadership. There's a bit of a chaos. But I think he's probably where he is going, all right, guys, get it together, right? So, <laughs> so you know, one of the things he said to me is that death is what makes life possible. Mm. Now, that statement kind of like, you know, when I, you know, bounced around in my head quite a bit, that makes life possible. When you really think about it, that's absolutely true. So, uh, so my feeling about that is, is that, you know, I rejoice in his home going because he, he, he's rejoined with the source of all creation. And so I hope that, you know, we miss him. I miss him. This guy was very colorful and the way he did things, his language was very colorful. I mean, if it was him talking here, there would have been at least about 50 expletives involved in this conversation. <laughs> but, but he was a powerful spiritual presence. When it's time to go, it's time to go, you know. Like everything that arises, ceases, and that includes ourselves. Mm. Yeah. You know, we want permanence. And, and, and it's not possible. The very fact of our presence is ever-changing and, and evolving, and yet still we want things to remain the same. It's not possible. It's accepting those realities and not reacting to them uh, which is an important practice and realizing that this moment and how we used to put that is moment mind, mm. Mm. right? Moment to moment and the moment is gone. Moment to moment. And what, how your, your senses, your sense of touch, feel, smell, taste, your intuition, how it's informing your reality in that moment. So, you know, like I said already, when you get off your cushion, that's when the meditation begins. And it gives you meaning, I would say, to walking in prayer. Because as you move through your day and everything that you encounter, if you're not walking in prayer, this isn't going to work. You're going to get angry. You're going to get sad. You're going to get da 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 So, you know, I tell my, my students, get off the cushion, put the book down, and practice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Oh, I love that. I love that. Just, you know, the idea of walking in prayer. Tit Nhat Han has a statement, walk upon your your feet are as your hands walking upon the earth, caressing the earth. Mm-hmm. Just caressing, caressing the earth, you know, loving yourself, 
loving the earth, loving all sentient beings, loving all things and having this vibration that literally runs through you and down into your awareness that, ah, as my foot touches upon the earth, may it do so as a loving caress, even in this moment. Yes. In this right now. In this, it's right now. Even Jesus was very, or Yeshua was very clear about that when asked, where's heaven? He yes. Says, if heaven were up there with the clouds and the birds or the creatures of the sky, they will get there before you do. If heavens were in the depths of the ocean with the creatures of the sea, they will get there before you do. He said, the good news is, the good news is heaven is right here, right now. Yeah. Split a piece of wood, you'll find me there. Turn over a rock and you'll find me there. That was his quote. Yes. I, I, think, yes. It, I think it went over most of his disciples' heads. <laughs> well, you know, and, and I still think it's going over people's heads. I think, you know, one of the things that I, I'm doing in, in my work personally and sharing professionally is this idea of moving forward in love, simultaneously loving persons and the planet. You know, if if the earth dies, well, you know, well, we, we gonna die. You know, there's no question about it. And the suffering that that is going to cause, you know, on, on the way. So, and, you know, and I think, you know, personally, you know, a goal of my own life is this idea of, of nirvana, you know, you know, the, the candle is blown out, you know, and just, you know, the, the, the opportunity in that. But in the meantime, while the candle is lit, what am I doing? What am I doing with this precious opportunity? This precious gift. Life? Yes, yeah. a gift. Yeah, that light is a gift. Yeah. And one little light can scatter a whole lot of darkness. So you have to be the light of the world, right? You, you yes. have to. And I, I want to say finally, look, the Buddha taught four postures when it came to meditation, if you want to call it that. All right. Four, standing, walking, sitting, and lying. That, that describes our daily activities and the transition from one to the other. So that's why this walking in prayer, this, this moment mind, it's all, it's all, it doesn't matter what position you, you find yourself in as we're sitting or standing or walking or lying. Maintain the moment mind. Oh, that's so beautiful because every day we lie down, we sit, we stand, and we walk or move about. Mm -hmm. So that's another way of saying and pray without ceasing. Let your life be as a prayer because you're going to do all those things. Exactly. And everything that we do is a prayer, whether we call it a prayer or not. Exactly. And so yeah. are you tipping the scale toward doing things in a loving and a loving and a kind way? Or at the end of the day, if we were to do the tally that as you set, lie down, walk and stood up, with the tally tipped toward mm, not so kind, not so considerate. Exactly. Yeah, and, and there and there is and it there is a day-to-day -day measure that's being made. You might not be keeping score, but somebody is. 
<laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the other thing about this moment, this now, it, it informs the past and the future. Yes. It, that's what it does, you know, because if you're fully present in the moment, that becomes the simple history of your life. And then you yes. get to the point where there isn't I shoulda, coulda, woulda, you know. Mm -mm. It's to eliminate that. Wow. So, wow. So, so so there is a lot to this whole thing, but start somewhere. And the starting somewhere could be that exercise I spoke about, about sitting in the movie theater. That's that's that is your that is your mental activity that 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 you want to try to like tone it down, you know, so that we say in Buddhism it's called a monkey mind because he's leaping from branch to branch, right? Right. right. Yes. Right. And we have certain practices about, about eliminating the, those kind of discursive thinking. Like we have this thing called a kongan or koan. And what a kongan or koan is, it's a paradoxical statement that, that stops discursive thinking. And here's what I'm going to leave you with. What did your face look like before you were conceived by your parents? Ooh. Contemplate that. <laughs> I love it. I love it there. You know, Linda's putting in, this is a lot to digest. Yes. So, you know, this just means that, you know, we're going to have to have you back on this show at least once a quarter. You can see scrolling across the bottom of the screen ways to contact Dr. Ian, be sure to reach out to him to find out he has classes, he has workshops, um, so lots of ways to engage with him. I'm hoping that Dr. Ian and I, we're going we to plan a day uh, to, <laughs> together to really um, help people uh, experience or, you know, or, or have a, a deeper dive or to taste a little bit more of what we're talking about uh, this morning, which has been so incredibly exciting. So listen, y'all, this is bringing us to the end of this episode in season seven. We'd like to thank our special guest, Dr. Ian Cyrus, for joining us during woo, Loving with the Heart of a Buddha, this, this journey about compassion. We hope that there has been a lot of highlights that occurred for for you certainly this is one that occurred for me as you raise your energy level your vibration your behavior changes also dr ian dr ian thank you so much for that be sure to tune in next week um, where we are going to be talking with um, an entrepreneurial spirit uh, miss victoria miss victoria we're gonna go to the gambia next week. And that's going to be very exciting and learning more about a, a project that is unfolding there. And don't forget, you can catch this entire episode as a podcast of the same name, Weightless and Mind, Body and Spirit with Dr. Carol Penn. And we want you to go on and listen as a podcast. We want you to go on over to Anchor FM, drop a little review about us. We want you to subscribe to the YouTube channel with Dr. Carol Penn. This is how we, well, actually the YouTube is Carol Penn. This is how we share 
good news. This is how we share and spread some light in the world. And while you might not have your own show, that's why I have my show. Take advantage of it, share it with (laughs) friends and families. And we are going to bring our sponsor back on one more time to share a little bit more about an opportunity and an offering that I have for the community. So welcome, Mr. DM Jones. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me, there we go. There you are. All right. Thank you both for such a fabulous, uplifting, informative, stimulating show. My mind is, um, I guess, taking on some of those um, characteristics that you mentioned, Dr. Ian. It's bouncing here. It's bouncing there. But are you ready to take off your cape and put on your crown? Yes. I'm here from... Penn Global Visions to let you know that Dr. Carroll has a course called Mindset Mastery, Weightless in Mind, Body, and Spirit. It's a year-long course. Scrolling across the bottom of the screen very shortly will be a a link for you to be able to go sign up for this course. Um, It's a group course. It meets live once a month with Dr. Carroll, and every week you get a lesson sent to you that is a, a special lesson designed by Dr. Carroll. There's a quiz attached to it. It's um, all part of this process. We have to begin to engage discovering our own inner workings because the better we understand our inner workings, the better we can be in the rest of the world. So mindset mastery, weightless in mind, body, and spirit could be your opportunity to take off that cape and put on your crown. Sign up now. Uh, thank you so much. Yes, we're, um, yeah, yeah. We're having a lot of fun with that. And again, it is about building a community. What do you want the world to look like? What do you want the world to continue to express as? And so we need to gather, right? We need to gather with, with like-minded people that want to show up as love, that want to walk in prayer, that mm-hmm. want to have their feet Caress the earth, loving. You know, I am that blade of grass. Where do you find me? I am under the rock. I am in the clouds. I am in the eyes of the beloved, bowing to the divine within each other. So listen, y'all, come back here next week. Thank you so much, Dr. Mm -hmm. Ian. We love you. Mm -hmm. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Word. (laughs) Uh, We are going to have the wonderful, the amazing Kenny Brazil Hamilton play us out. I'll see you backstage in the green room. Thank you to our production team. Thank you so much, team. You know who you are. You're beautiful. The show wouldn't happen without you. So call their names, DM and Kenya. We love (coughs) you as well. We bow to the greatness of you as well. We bow to each one who showed up this morning and watched us live. Don't forget, share it with your community. And Kenny, take us on out of here. No matter what people say, you're full of greatness. Greatness. Time you opened up your eyes, you were courageous. If only they could see you going through your paces. It's amazing. Weightless. <laughs>